Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning and welcome back to a Monday, July 10th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Fun, fun show for you guys today. We had Chase Down Block, our NBA show uh, taping that on Sunday evening uh, with the always great Corbin Ford of Round Ball Ramble and Swish Theory, but we also had Andrew Hammond of the Sports Reporters. Yeah, it was a Worlds Collide uh, episode here on the program with Bob out this week. Uh, shout out to Bob uh, and Andrew and I not being able to do Sports Reporters yesterday morning. We thought, hey, what about just combining uh these two shows on a Sunday. So that's what we did. Corbin and Andrew joined me to talk all things NBA and talk about the NBA play-in that is for sure happening now. Uh, why it might end up being a good thing. We talked a little summer league and then we talked about the Warriors officially uh, adding Chris Paul, how he fits where the Warriors stack up in the West, why Marcus Smart may have been the better trade option for them. Um, missing Andre Godala and what he brought to those title teams. Uh, Pop signing a long-term extension with the Spurs, what that means for Wimby and company. Zion versus Wimby conversation. Suns and Aiton, who that fifth guy is going to be for them. Just kind of a weird roster over there in Phoenix and whether or not it's going to work and all that good stuff. So jam-packed, chase down block, Sunday night, Monday morning edition here on the program. As always, folks, if you are a current subscriber and a fan of this very program, uh, you know what I'm going to ask. Please, please, please make sure that you hit that pause button right now and leave this show a five-star rating and write a review. Help other people find the show. Helps this show continue to grow. So if you could take care of that today and you're already a subscriber and you have not already done so, it's the easiest way to help this show continue to grow. And also telling a friend, family member, coworker, whoever about the show and why the why you like it as well also helps so do that for me today i'd greatly appreciate it uh if you're listening to this show for the first time first welcome uh i appreciate you checking out uh east tennessee's number one national sports podcast and i uh, would like for you if you enjoyed today's episode uh to hit that subscribe button on apple Podcasts, spotify or however you're listening to this very show that you never miss an episode new episodes every single day here on this very feed uh we got a new website oh yeah it's live it's great chase thomas podcast.com uh all kinds of great features clips full episodes links um everything you need learning about the show what's going on with the show it's a uh, long time coming but it's uh it's live so check that out chase thomas podcast.com as always, you can watch us on youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast. Uh, like and subscribe, all that good stuff there. Full episodes, clips, shorts, all that good stuff. Um, I said all that good stuff a lot than this fine Monday morning. And then, of course, if you want to get in touch with the show, mailbag questions for next week's NBA show because new NBA episodes go up every Monday morning. Um, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us for however long we can keep doing that at pod chase thomas uh ron threads as well now and instagram same thing chase thomas podcast 
dot or chase the most podcast is the app um all right there you go fun monday edition uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello and welcome back to chase down block here on a sunday night here on the chase thomas podcast where i'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ. Also here, this is a first time ever on this show where we've had a cross like different shows. Sports reporters assemble. No Bob this week. So Andrew and I still want to do a pod. And shout out to Bob Silverman and uh, the good folks over there at the Daily Beast, but specifically Bob Silverman. And uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. But also Corbin Ford. Of Ramble Ramble also here. So we get to we get to combine the NBA and the sports reporter show uh here on this program. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Actually, it's funny. I just came back this morning from Tennessee, Memphis. I always yeah. forget, Chase, when you ask, I was in Memphis for two days. So that was cool. Um came back, went to a wedding, and just got back from that about an hour and a half ago. There, oh, did you drive or fly? Oh, I flew. Yeah. Okay. I flew, came in, well, I left it like five you know we left around six got here on nine and then by the time i got home basically changed into the outfit to go to the wedding go up there attend that and then come back so it's been fun and you're not jet lagged at all did you get a power nap no i it's caffeine right now i'm very tired (laughs) but it's good i'm off tomorrow so i'm not complaining there you go there you go andrew what about you having a good weekend um it's a weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm like having to get in college football mode mm. uh, sooner than I anticipated, but you know, it's, it's whatever comes to the territory. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, but no, things are good. Things are good. I'm just like, I know the deluge is coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm just having to just breathe in, breathe out. Um, yeah, other than that, everything's great. You know, you're just hoping nothing major happens in the SEC over the next like two weeks. I think you should be all right. You should be all right. Are you going to Nashville for SEC media? I sure am. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to be there? I am not. Boom. <laughs> also, this feels like I'm like the guest star on like. It's like we're on the same network, but mm-hmm. then I like pop in for a guest starring episode. Yeah, it's like, like we no, do Cheers, and this is like you popping in on Frasier in season yeah, three or four. Or this like, is, you know, this is kind of like uh, when Steve Urkel was on Full House that one time. Oh, that was a good one. Was See? he on Full House? Yes, yeah. it was. Yes, it was. I didn't know that. Classic. Was he Urkel? Was it like yes. the same universe? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's in the same universe. Wait, yeah. why was he there? Because why did he go from Chicago to San Francisco? Do you I, remember? I, I don't. That was like a party or something. I yeah, don't it's like the CGIS cinematic universe. There you go. You could roll with that, but yeah, worked out. Happy to be here, Corbin. Pleasure, sir. Exactly. Pleasure to meet you. Same here, sir. Well, this is going to be fun because we got some NBA stuff we can uh, talk about. I, I don't know about you guys. Like, it's amazing to see how much summer leagues evolved. Where I'm like looking at the crowds and just how many people are there and how many people treat it so seriously now, and how seriously the players treat it. Like Jabari, just like he can't guard me after hitting a, a three in front of James Wiseman, and I'm like, I mean, hey, you got to get psyched up. It's part of uh, part of the the game here. But it's just kind of wild to see. Because I'm not like doing digging the, the the Atlanta Hawks summer league tape. I'm just I'm not going to sit down and do it. I'm not going to watch Vic Kregi or Seth Lundy put up 30 shots a night. I I don't. It's not for me. Summer league's for a lot of people. It's really feel it feels more like a networking thing than anything else. Because I just cannot talk myself into doing two and a half hours on these games at a time. And I'm just. I'm not there. I'm not a preseason. I'm not a practice guy. I don't watch preseason NFL. I watch the things I need to see for the Falcons. I move on. But like, I don't, I don't, I already watch enough sports. I can't also watch the sports where they don't count. I, is that an old man thing? Is that, is it a That's young a man? Is summer league a young man's game where you can de- devour the tape and you can do basketball all, all day long, all year long? Fine. I mean, I've, there's parts of summer league that I'm in, 
them interested in where mm. in terms of it could be you know what is this player doing or hey what about this guy could he maybe catch on to a certain team but i think there's parts of summer league that parts of nba fandom and current nba fandom are mm. trying to take the everyday NBA stuff and trying to delve it into summer league. Um, so, you know, the over analysis of a certain 19 year old Frenchman um, <laughs> after two games is starting to get annoying, quite frankly. He's got um, bigger fish to fry. He's got the Britney uh, Spears fans but, following him around, chanting at him now. Which, like he's a, uh, which is weird. What a you weird time. Two types of like sicko fandom <laughs> where it's the NBA fandom of you need to have a circa 1975 Kareem Abdul, Kareem Abdul Jabbar performance in summer league. Mm. And if you don't, you're a bum, but then you've got Britney Spears fans basically like going after him and <sighs> That's not going away. That is a big fan base, not a big passionate fan base. I don't think that's going away. I'm on Team Brittany. Oh, there you go. With this big ass orb of a basketball, that's just like I'm not gonna lie. That looks amazing. I want to see what that looks like in person. I want to see the orb in person. It's a cool look. Why? I mean, it's not my money, but I just want to see it. I want to drive by and see what that orb looks like up close. Corbin, are you in summer league at all? So no. oh, I'm very much. I, normally, I've worked like interned the last two years. In some mm. of these, the first year, I've not because like of the recent move, and I'm dying inside. Like <laughs> it hurts. So you're grinding the tape. You're watching all of it. Oh, or you yeah, just want to yeah. be there. No, both. Okay. I do watch the games. Listen, like if you you know some of these not great basketball, but at the same time, it's a chance to see rookies, chance to see guys that are trying to get into the league, and it's like a little more than like I can't do preseason because it feels like a dry run for the NBA season. Mm. But summer league, there's like a little bit of desperation from players who are really trying to make their way. This is the way mm. they're going to do it. So it's going to be ugly basketball. It's going to be sloppy. But you also have young players who are new that are uh, that they aren't yet too cool for school. So you got mm-hmm. those guys who have the you can't guard me, the stuff that, you know, later on they won't be doing this, right? You have some of the guys who, like, are coming in for a couple of games from the year before and you they're too good for summer league and they have great performances. And you have guys who are trying to make their way in the league. Last couple of seasons ago, Michael Beasley did it, you know, and you had a Blazers team that really was like, oh, whatever, we don't really care about summer league, we have no rookies, but we'll try all these veteran guys. And so you see them again and they're playing hard because they're like, hey, we're trying to make an impact, right? You mm-hmm. got the executives in the building. It was really cool to see you have – always one player signing or something. I know last year it was, and it didn't age very well, but Damian Lillard signing the extension for Portland last summer. Mm. And then this summer it was, of course, just today was uh, Chris Paul uh, becoming officially a warrior and sitting courtside with Steph Curry. So it was always some type of event. You know, NBA 2K is always around. There's always some type of performance. It's a lot going on. I love it. It's the energy of it. It's like a, And it's funny, they're actually doing one, which I don't know how it's going, but it's like an NBA Comic-Con. Hmm. But they actually have an NBA con this year. So it's some of it, yeah, of course, a lot of it's fluff. But, like, it is kind of cool to see the guys with the random uniforms on. It is kind of cool to have basketball on basically from, like, 9 in the morning to 11 at night, good, bad, or not. Um, it's a spectacle, and, and it's something that's exciting. Everyone's there. Whether or not they want to be there, like, mostly everyone is there. And that's something you can't really say outside of, like, you know, the all-star game in the finals. That's fair um andrew they should call they should they should hold nba con during all-star weekend that would be cool yeah but it's <laughs> this is their first one we'll see how it goes I, this is the first, i've it. never it's, heard of it like this is the first one they've ever done when i saw it i was just like i i would like it but i'm also every, an NBA nut so yeah i mean i love the nba too and i'm just like mm-hmm. i get it i totally get it but it's like Oh, we're, they're they're hopping on the convention wheel. Okay, fine, fine. Make a buck. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see it done during All Star Weekend. So you, so it's not just a. Oh, hey. The like the this pyramid level of celebrities and above can go to the All Star Game. You peasants, hell no. Um, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying, but. 
I get why you do it during summer league. Um, yeah. We maximize the people that are available to be there. Yeah. You know, July yeah. in, 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 in Vegas and then like the winter in Utah, I get it. But you're definitely right. Like the, it's, the purity of it's kind of lost, but making the yeah. money, hey, let's get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, either way, it works. It's fine. I'm just like a con- an NBA convention. Cool. Cool. We got bigger fish to fish to fry in NBA uh, December now with the play-in tournament and everything. Don't don't tell me you hate it. Don't tell me you hate it. I don't have a strong take on it yet. I don't think. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be something we just move on. It's like part of what I think NBA fans have to get okay with is Silver is a big Premier League guy. Like the goal here is to create the EPL and that, and with the NBA becoming so much of a global sport, becoming the best of the best where like in the EPL where it's like Messi comes from one part of the world, Cristiano Ronaldo comes from somewhere else. Like you just go up and down the list. Uh, Right. And like, that's just where it's going. So in season tournaments, little different cups, like they're going to like, that's the model. So it's like, me getting annoyed about the NBA changing is just, I feel like I'll end up resenting the product for doing things that I don't agree with or I don't like. And it's like, this is coming. They're going to do stuff like this. They're going to yeah. try. I don't think it's going to resonate, but they're just going to do it anyway. So well, I mean, it is and you also is. have to look at it in a, in a sense of, cause I was thinking about this today. Like mm. at first I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but the more I thought about how big the NBA TV package has become and will be um, it makes all the sense in the world to do it because you've got this you've you've got the aspect of we've got this huge tv contract the problem that the nba has dealt with i would say for the last 25 years has been nba season starting yay and you go into hibernation until christmas day and or the all-star game part this, of that for me is just i have football going on and we're in the true, football true. season no that's that's completely fair uh, but i think the nba also recognizes okay if college football is going to be on x amount of days mm. nfl is going to be on x amount of days all these different sports are on x amount of days during a time where games of importance are going to be played you have the perfect time to do it it's from november to december you aren't doing this mid-season crap where i think it would be worse Mm. where they would go like teams are going to go wait no Mm. do you do you expect me to go to vegas for three to four days i would love to but I'm not doing that, you know, when I'm in a when I'm trying to like position myself for a playoff race. I, I think you do it at the right time where beginning of the season, then you've got you've got your your diehards are always gonna be there, but it's your casual NBA fan who actually now has a reason to watch a Tuesday night game, to watch a Friday night game. So it makes all the sense in the world. I'm interested in seeing how teams are going to operate with this. Is it going to be, and this could be two, three years from now, where it's, I don't care about the early season tournament. I don't care about the NBA Cup. I'm more worried about getting playoff position. I'm worried, I'm not worried about this right now, I'm worried about what's happening six, seven months from now. I'm wondering how teams are going to operate with that. I would say for the first year or two, you're going to see everybody go all in on it. Uh, because the established players are going to be like, hey, I have this to add to my mantle. You have to I know- don't even think it's that. I think it's going to be the NBA's like, you better care. Like, there's like a mandate from the top down where it's well, like, hey, I, we need this I, to get off. So happen. y'all are going to need to take this seriously. Though. That'll happen organically. I, I, I think we'll see. You'll see teams that pull off an upset. You'll see, you know, group stage group stage matches in soccer. You always yeah. have a team that breaks through. 
so I think that's going to happen organically. But, yeah, will the NBA prefer if a LeBron or a Steph makes it to Vegas? Yeah. They're... And also put on Instagram, we love, like celebrating. What, what Do we know what the title is? Do we know what it's, it's going to look like? It's like a cup. It's, okay. It's a, it's a NBA cup. I call yeah. it. It's it's like a massive gold trash can with the sides open on it. Okay, it's not great. They're gonna do confetti. Do you do confetti for winning this tournament? In if you do confetti for summer league, <laughs> and you do champagne for summer league, you they do rings for summer league, right? Don't you get a ring for winning summer league now? I think, I think you I do. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I do too. Rings though. are forever. Exactly, and like, hey, some can of you imagine going to a bar somewhere and you just see someone plop down the summer league ring? Like, I'm just, I'm back home in Atlanta, and I'm just out, and I just, I'm sitting somewhere eating uh, with my wife, and I just look over and I'm like, that's a really big ring. I, who did he play for? Is that a Hall of Famer? Let me, what is that a Super Bowl ring? Is that an NBA title ring? <laughs> 2018 <laughs> Summer League. Have some shame. No, I, I, I would. I think you'd be more likely see that like a pawn shop. Yeah, that's yeah. no. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. I might buy some. I would watch. I, 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 would, I would. A Pawn Stars episode. I would put it in my office, like a 2017 Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, I wear it from time title. to time, like I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, hey, whoa, whoa, where you get that from? Oh, you know, I saw a cat about a dog. Show up to All Star Weekend or NBA Con with your. Uh, with your summer league championship ring on, mm-hmm. you're just adjusting it, you know, <laughs> yeah. as you're. Oh, did, that a, uh, how'd you get that? I grinded. That, that, <laughs> that a 2019 summer league ring. Mm-hmm. Good for, good for you. <laughs> good for you. Can't, don't, you don't, don't throw shade at. It. Just no, I, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I like it. Um, Corbin, speaking of CP3, mm-hmm. he's officially a warrior. Where did the Warriors now fall in the West? Last week we were talking about the Lakers. We were talking about the Nuggets. We were talking about some of the top teams now looking at the West where the Mavericks sit. Now that you've seen what they've done, drafting, free agency, trades, does CP3 work in Golden State? And where do they sit right now if the season started today in the, the Western Conference echelon? Uh, I mean, let me see. To answer your first question, they finish what sixth in the West. Mm. Um, I say about there. Like I, I'd say they finished right. They, they where they were. Like like good for them. I mean the Nuggets at the end they did lose Bruce Brown. That that that's kind of big for them, right? But they mm. still have the core of that team that won the championship. The Grizzlies, yeah, you know you're going to be without John Morant for the first 25 games, right? I think Marcus Smart will be fine. I don't know if they're going to be second, but they're in the mix. I like them around the same range as the Warriors, the Kings. Do they have any substantial losses? No. Pretty solid, right? I see them there. The Suns arguably got a little better. I mean, we'll see how, you know, a healthy KD, you know, um, Booker, Bradley Beal work, but they made some really good signings around the margins. Boom, that's them. Then you have the Clippers. I think they did pretty good. We'll see if they get a James Harden trade down. But as they stand, you know, if healthy, I like them better. Then the Lakers, arguably, think they built better around LeBron AD. Those two, Rapalinka said, are, are healthy now. So you have those two and Gabe Vincent, all the every, other everyone else they resigned, boom. And then I would say the Warriors. So Warriors around six or seven, depending on how you feel about the Grizzlies, the Lakers, the Kings. Um, I don't think they like definitely moved up. Now there was like 2015 CP3, then it's a different story, right? But it's not. That's 2023. Um, and while he's a good player and he's definitely going to give a different dimension to this um Warriors team, you know, in terms of running the pick and roll, I think Chris Paul ran more pick and roll uh, last year than the Warriors did as a unit, hmm. like just between the two, like by them by himself. Do you so think that'll I'd, work in Golden State? I think it. I don't understand why you wouldn't do. You know, uh, you could do a, a Clay Steph pick and roll. Like he's, it's, hmm. it, you know, you could do that. Draymond can play in the short role. Like, yeah, I definitely think it could work. Um, I'm surprised they don't do it as they do it as little as they do you know what mm-hmm. i mean so i definitely think that'll be great at the same time cp3 you know health wise it's been a struggle for him in the last couple of years right he played 59 games last year now before that 65 and then 70 the other two years but he's going to be 39 i mean 30 he's 38 now playing age 38 into 39 during next year's playoffs right six six foot guard pretty stocky but at the same time like 
injury prone and always like the weird ones get his arm his finger cut in a car in a jersey you know break a finger yeah. that sort of thing I, I i don't know and and also you know if he's playing point and Steph's playing shooting guard, that's a small backcourt offensively yeah. it's a lethal backcourt but defensively I, I don't like either of them and they got more you know that you have to cover for if you were 33 going on 34 year old Draymond green right and a clay thompson who's had two significant lower body extremity injuries that's also 33 and then whoever you play in the five kavon looney right so I think it's a nice fit. I'm looking forward to seeing how they play together. Um, but I don't think that it like changes anything in the landscape of the West, aside from making the Warriors the interesting team that I guess we already thought they were. Andrew, do you agree? And also, do you think, what, like when you just hear out loud, Steph, CP3, Clay, Draymond, and Andrew Wiggins as a closing five, does that feel right as a team that can get out of the West? Is that the right concoction does that just feel a little too small is it seem a little too risky like i don't know when i think about their best closing five i'm like i don't know how that's gonna work i think that like the lakers i don't know what they do matchup wise against the lakers i don't know what they do matchup wise against the nuggets with the way they're built right now like i'm not sure when i'm just thinking about what they've put together this offseason i don't know if it really solved their biggest issue which is clay thompson might be done as a premier all-star player. And if that's the case, I don't, it, it just feels like they're fighting the inevitable. And I'm not sure CP3 covers up for a lot of what they needed from Clay, which is his all world defense. Like CP3 is not bringing that. Like they're just completely different players that I'm like, I just, I think it's a good name. It's flashy. It keeps them above water. I think he'll fit in fine. Like he said today, like, it's not uh he said something of the effect of like it's not rocket science it's it's basketball and we're super smart basketball players we'll figure it out i'm not really worried about steph and i figuring out how to play together um i don't know what do you think uh about that andrew so the more i thought about this new look warriors team mm. i think about the yankees after like the 2004 2005 season mm. 2004 you know they lose the ALC or they lose ALCS a ride shows up they lose the ALCS to Boston and something changed mm. like they they just there was a different look to this team there's a different vibe to this team and it was one of those things where you tried to plug in a named guy or an established vet mm. on the roster. And sometimes it works. But then you bring in like a – they tried to get Roger Clemens back, which mm. fantastic. Congratulations. But he wasn't the same guy. And – they're going to go to the playoffs. Mm. Sure. They're, they're, they're going to be a playoff team. But, you know, to Corbin's point, I mean, they've done all of this, and yet we're probably still looking at six, seven. Because, I mean, if you think about it, there was a point in the West in maybe March, April, they were bad. They couldn't win on a game. They couldn't win a game on the road if you had spotted them ten points anywhere. They couldn't win a game on the road. Yet they were in this log jam from like three to seven, going even further. So it's not like they can't get top four spot. I think they get a top four spot. It's anybody's game. I said this last year. Um if they get a top four spot, they were very healthy. They got lucky with health. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like they but got very you, fortunate. You can also make the argument that one of the things that that the Warriors benefited from during their run was everybody was healthy. Yeah. And so now that they're seeing how the other side lives, very good maybe, may, may, maybe if, if, if things go if things go well, I mean, Nobody expected the Los Angeles Lakers to put together 
their second half, their post All Star break run, and now we're talking about this team possibly being, if all goes well, top three, top four. You know, Denver. But do you think they're better right now than Denver? Would you take them in a seven game series with Denver or LA, Golden State? No, I don't think I would either. But the but the problem is it probably goes six six or seven games mm. um but at the same time we've got to see it all on the floor like we're just looking yeah. at on paper and in theory right now i also uh, look at like with this offseason i wonder if they could do a redo and you see who the player movement and you're a celtics fan obviously and i don't know if you know but corbin's a lakers fan here uh, oh okay <laughs> so that's uh something we should note here before but I looked at it. This is something I was thinking about today. The Warriors, what they've missed, especially to me, over the last two years, especially with Clay gone, is their Andre Iguodala. Like, what he meant to those title runs and having that do-it-all Swiss Army knife to balance out Clay, Steph, Draymond, everybody else. Like, he could just plug and play with anybody. He worked with everybody. And I, they've never really figured that out. And they won a title, obviously. And Andrew Wiggins does a lot of stuff well, but he is not Andre Iguodala. And at this stage with Clay getting to the point where he is, Steph getting older, Draymond getting older, I think, and look, I'm not saying he's Andre Godala and far from it. Now that you saw Marcus Smart get moved and what it cost to move Marcus Smart, I would have gone that route if I was Golden State. I understand the name and moving around, but I think if I'm Golden State, what it I would have made me think a little bit harder about whether or not they could get through a seven game series with Los Angeles or Denver or some of these other juggernauts in the West is that kind of long guard point guard type instincts that Andre Guadalla had still the same kind of movements that you're getting from CP three, but the defense and that kind of tenacity to match Draymond and to like, Oh, that's going to suck. I don't want Marcus Smart and Draymond Green on the floor in big moments against our team. Like, that's going to be a pain in the ass. Like, I think that would have been a seamless fit. And you look at what it actually cost to get Marcus Smart. And then you look at what it cost to get Chris Paul. And I'm just like, I think Marcus Smart would have swayed me more on the Warriors over the next couple of years. I think Marcus Smart would have done a lot more than what Chris Paul is going to end up providing. And it's not a shot. I love CP3. I just don't think this fit in particular helps what the Warriors really need um, to keep this thing going in terms of like actual real contention over the next two to three years as we write out the end of Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I look at I look at Andre Iguodala, and I think over time we're going to understand and appreciate the type of player Andre Iguodala actually is and was and you know he's a player that it's crazy saying this he's a timeless player Mm. you 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 place him in the you know the post mj era of the nba and you saw the impact he had in philadelphia you move him to golden state and he is a perfect fit in that system. I don't think you're going to find many types of that guy Mm. in the league for a while. Um, Just because that's just, that's just how the league is. And I mean, could, could Marcus Martin have been that guy? Maybe. He could have filled the KCP role with what Denver asked of him, where it's like you need those kind of guys with these teams. And I just But Marcus Smart but the, the, the problem in Boston was when you needed Marcus Smart to play that role, he wouldn't play that role. Hi yeah. twenty twenty bubble. Still mad about it, by the <laughs> way. Still still mad about it. <laughs> it's bubble went pretty well I'm not Corbin. mad or bitter yeah. or anything. I mean, yeah, one of the highlights of my sports career was 2020 bubble. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I get you for sure. <laughs> well, you know my take on all of this. Yeah. Huh? You know my take on all this. The bubble was the best NBA playoffs of it all was, time. It was. It was. Don't yep. get me wrong. Yep. But it also exposed. Put it back in the bubble. I will bang that drum forever. NBA playoffs in the bubble would be. 
it, top-notch it, stuff. I, 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 but I think with Marcus Smart, it exposed the – there's two guys here. Yeah. Tatum and Brown. If you want to be that Andre Iguodala, you know, um, Draymond Green type on this roster, go for it. That's your role. But then it became, no, we're a big three, and it's like, buddy, no, no. I mean, I think I think Marcus Smart would have been good for that, but I think CP3 is a lot better because you're going to have a guy who, who, who understands his role much better than a Marcus Smart does in that system, which – funny saying it because i'm still trying to figure out how cp3 is gonna work in that system so. yeah i don't i think it'll be fine offensively i just don't think defensively i'm very very curious to i see think what they're they sacrificing do. defense they're okay with it just going yeah screw it i just don't think you can win the title like that and i just i wonder what their expectations are internally over the next two years is it just pseudo contention and you're just hanging around, right out the best years of Steph and I mean, Clay and Draymond. Look, the gang's back look together. At the West. Yeah, I just, just wide open. The West is wide open. Yes. Oh, I don't think so. The West is. I think it's firmly the just West is wide the Nuggets open. and Lakers, if healthy. I don't, I just don't. I see mean, it. but that's that's the thing. If healthy, yeah, because it takes one injury from Denver. It takes. You know, AD turning back the clock and being the, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016 AD, mm. which we're all still waiting on. I know Corbin's waiting on it. Um, yes, sir. You got that but, right. <laughs> I think it's gone, but. <laughs> it, 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 but it takes something like that to happen. Like, I don't think. I, to me, the West feels like where. It was after 2014 when the Heat won. So it's like, oh, great, awesome. But then you're looking forward and you're like, hey, you still got this team. You still got this team. You still got this team. There's still a lot we've got in the West. And is Denver the lead dog right now? Absolutely. But call me in May. Call me next May. That's fair. Uh, Corbin, mm-hmm. Greg Popovich got a five-year extension. So Greg Popovich is going to see the the early parts of Victor Wimbanyama's development in San Antonio through. Um, were you surprised at this being announced? And also, when you look at what they've brought in, I mean, Trey Jones looks like he's going to be a good match for um, Victor um, early on in his San Antonio career. But when you look at this roster around Wimby, have they brought in enough to help ease Wimby's transition to the NBA? And are you a believer that the Pop Wimby partnership is gonna is gonna be fruitful over the next three to five years? To answer your initial question, I think the answer is yes. I am very optimistic about that partnership um, between the two. I think that it works out well um, in terms of <clears throat> having a guy who's been a bridge for so many of the other great Spurs, right? And Greg Popovich um, to take over Wimby, who seems really mature above his ears and eager to learn. <clears throat> I, I think that, I think it doesn't help. Like, I think it can't help but work out. Right. Um, as far as like Popovich seeing through, you know, Wemby's ears, I honestly think it was just an extension where Pop might do another year. He might do two, but now the question stop, right? Like yeah. five year extension, boom. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, it's not that, that, that takes that off. Right. And I assumed he was going to get one when he didn't retire this past year. And it gives him more time to figure out a successor. Exactly. And all of that. And and maybe pop wants to, maybe he wants to go until he's 80. Larry Brown was still, is still coaching, right? It's still not an NBA, but just an NBA, 80 years old. Larry Brown's going to be out here. Uh, He is 82. 82. Well, there you go. And he's still, he just, I think he just recently was off of a coaching staff, but he's on a penny staff. There you go. There you go. So, like, he could, right? I mean, him and, uh, you know, him and Brown were in the NBA at the same time, coaching respectively. Didn't he replace like, Brown in San Antonio? Yes, Wasn't he did. that actually the coach? Yeah, yeah. He, did. yeah he did. Yeah, he did. Exactly. So, like, these guys want to do it. Like, cool. Like, I, 
all for it, right? Um, but at least here now, you don't have to worry about the questions from San Antonio every year. Is Pop going to retire? Because if he does, yeah. okay, cool. We saw a company 74 going 75. But if he doesn't, okay, he's on a five-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's just kind of what it is. Um, so I think it was actually really astute for San Antonio to do that. Take any extra kind of drama off of that. And, you know, now you're going to get Wemby in a spot where he'll have, you know, Trey Jones, some decent players to kind of help him out, um, some good defenders and a coach in pop who knows what he's doing. And, and yeah, maybe they don't win right now. I mean, I don't think any of us expect that. But you have a guy in Popovich who can show Wemby kind of the ways to grow in the Spurs system and grow as a player um, to be that next great Spurs legend. So I think it was a solid move. And, you know, I think him being in a system right now that's built not around him, but um, designed to kind of help him flourish uh, will work wonders in the future. What do you think, Andrew? And it's kind of funny, like you see their roster now and it's kind of like they filled it out a little bit more than I thought they had. I mean, Jeremy Sohan, I think, is going to be a good player. You bring in Reggie Bullock, who you know exactly what he is. That's a competent vet who he can pass out to. Chetty Osmond's competent vet. Doug McDermott, competent vet. Devontae Graham, um, I mean, he's about his shots, but look, competent. Um, and then you look at Hilton Johnson, as steady as they go, as a wing. He's not going to be a star, but he doesn't want to be. And then you have Trey Jones, who I think is going to be a fine like point guard. Like I think you could have sold me on maybe not Fred Van Fleet. Maybe he doesn't want that one. I mean, Fred Van Vliet did end up in Texas anyway, but if I'm Fred Van Vliet, I may have trusted working with Victor and being like kind of that guy to bring him along and being in a yeah. good system where I, I just, I think the development and the track record in the Spurs over the Rockets, I would probably go that route, but maybe that wasn't on the table, but both had cap space. Both could have potentially done something like that, but that was something I had thought about was like, I wonder if Fred Van Vliet will regret not just signing up for three to five years of getting Victor the ball and turning Victor Wimbanyana into a star because the pick and pop potential with the two of them, I feel like would have actually been uh, pretty, pretty interesting. And I don't know, but when I look at this roster, it's not going to be a playoff team or anything, but I think they've added a pretty healthy amount of competent NBA bodies. And most importantly, they got a lot older, which is going to be important yeah. for Victor. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, I think the way if we've learned anything over the last three to five years of the league, going from the basement to competitiveness, it doesn't take as long as it used to. Mm. And so, look, I don't think they might not be a playoff team, but if they were to, if they were to be in the discussion for the play-in, in you know on march 1st i wouldn't be surprised um Mm. because there's enough as you said there's enough competent bodies out there there's enough guys who understand how this league works there's enough guys who can you know go through a season help the young guys you know along and so and and you have you have a coach who knows what he's doing Mm. um so i mean they're going to be a fun team to watch. And I think watching the growth of this team, as you see guys on, you know, maybe one to three year deals over a five year span, some guys may stick around some other, some other guys, you know, there's maybe three or four guys who are a placeholder for the grand plan three years from now when cap space opens and all that. So, you're seeing this develop, and I think that is going to be fun to watch. Um, like I said, I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but are they going to be fun to watch? You're damn right. If I'm the Spurs, I keep calling OKC where I'm like, hey, Trey Mann is not going to be a long-term guy for you guys. He'd be fun for us. Like, you just shifted Kaysan Wallace, and I'm just looking at the OKC dudes, and we'll get into them in a second, but I'm just like, it's kind of wild. What an NBA, like, I don't know if any of you guys would ever have believed, like, if we had said two months ago that Trey Jones and Tyus Jones were both going to be starting point guards for their team in 2023 and playing 36-ish minutes for their team, both on uh, rebuilding situations, but... Tyus and Trey, like everyone would love to have him as have them as backup guards. Like that's your like prototypical backup 
point guard like that's just steady eddie like you want it uh those kind of guys anybody any coach any player like anybody wants them but they're both going to be in lead spots and i just look at the depth where i'm like that's the one thing about the spurs where i'm just kind of curious why they did not bring somebody else in that they have not been more active in finding someone else to supplement the lead guard because it's so important who's bringing the ball up and who's facilitating and who's helping out victor i think trey will do a good job but like trey and Devontae game uh, very very different players um very 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 different and i'm curious if they do a full year of that or if they see first couple months in the regular season they're like this is not this is not going to work this is not enough victors we got to get some a veteran point guard in here to help supplement and get victor better shots and help make things easier for victor i'm i'm very curious if this is the plan and they stick to this for the full year what do you think corbin I think that they, I don't know, I feel like they will. I mean, this is a year where, I mean, the whole thing about getting Victor help and, and kind of building around, like this is year one, right? Like, I think you have a, a few young guys that might be able to form the next great group mm. of this Spurs unit, right? But they got to see how that is. We saw um, guys like Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell take steps, right? Are they the main guy? No, I think that's obviously Wombanyama. But how do they fit in alongside him? What exactly does Wombanyama need built around him? Like, you know, we saw him in France, and it was an eclectic group of, of players. But what exactly looking for? Do he, does he need a dominant shot creator? Does he need a bigger, like, stretch five or someone to play in the inside while he plays outside? Like, you're figuring all that out, you know? Like, he's somebody that you know the talent is there, and that much is certain. But just like LeBron came in, like, you knew LeBron was going to be great, but who knew LeBron would need, you know, short guards who were point guards by name, but really just shooters to space the floor? Like, you know, like he would find over his career, right? Like, you're still trying to figure that out. So I don't think – I think having the team you have now is fine. Take the lumps. They're going to happen anyway. You know, see what happens. And, yeah, maybe they gel really quickly and they make some noise. Even then I wouldn't rush. And I don't think San Antonio will. That's not their style. But um, I definitely think it'll be interesting. Like Andrew said, it's going to be a fun team to watch regardless. The league pass for sure. I mean, when they're not on it, national TV, of course. I mean, did they get a lot of national games? I haven't even looked at. Their... I feel like they no. I, well, I don't think Central dropped yet for that, but I don't. Okay. I think that they will. Yeah, I think that they will just on account of Wembenyama. You know what I mean? I mean, or even they'll do like the Pelicans did. Remember when Zion came and they got like thirty Zion games? Yeah. Like, yeah, the Pelicans weren't great, but like you'll see Zion versus LeBron, Zion versus Kawhi, Zion versus KD. It'll be like that. Twenty to twenty-five. There you go. Yeah. Like, that's probably the sweet spot. I think, like, the Pistons. Is there not a more dangerous team to put on primetime and bet a lot than the Pelicans year to year? Like, is there one that you're just, like, you're an executive, you're sweating more than the, uh, just putting on primetime than if the anything, Pelicans? I punted, if anything, I punted on the Pelicans after AD. Like, mm. I'm good. <laughs> oh, but... Are on TV this week? Oh, yeah, put it, put it, like, on a February where nobody gives a crap. I have a take, by the way. Oh boy, I think Zion. I'm more excited. I, I still enjoy more than Victor. The stuff I've seen from Victor, like he's different, but like Zion's so much more fun to watch. Zion, just what he does athletically and what he's able to do, is way when more impressive he, to me. Like the best version of Zion when he cares. Oh, I I'm not disagreeing with any of that. I'm saying the best version of Zion. I still think is a better and more impactful basketball player than what Victor could be. I genuinely think a plugged in, motivated, healthy Zion Williamson is legitimately the best player in the NBA and I don't and I don't know what you do with him. Like I don't we saw it. Like they were I say this a lot. They were number one in the West in December. But when you watch those Pelicans teams and you look at the on off and you look at his efficiency inside, like I just I genuinely don't know what you do with Zion. I, I don't know Chase. what you can do. Chase. You can send dudes I mean think of all the help they send at Zion and it just doesn't matter. Is it we've just moved on. We're a culture where we forget. And I'm like, I think Zion is still far more I shouldn't say far more. I just, I am more intrigued and I still think Zion Williamson is just a, just, I don't know. I I like Zion more. I'm more, I would rather watch a healthy Zion than a healthy Victor Wimbignana for a full year. I think I'd rather build around him too still. Because I've been told in all the NBA nerdery and the bloggers told me that Zion, every, every basketball, every team in the league is going to trade for Zion. And I ain't heard (laughs) <laughs> but it's terrible time to trade for zion like there's never been a worse time to trade for zion williamson the best time is when zion plays for 20 game stretch and the pelicans go like 18 and 2 
and Zion looks like another first team All NBA player again. But I, who's to say that's going to happen? I I think it's going to happen in spurts again. Like that's the whole thing. Is like he played in twenty nine games last year. He averaged twenty six and thirty thirty three minutes. Twenty six seven and five. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm he was averaging like there was a Timberwolves game. He got to the line. Tw- he shot twenty free throws the night before. He shot sixteen. Like the dude when he. He's just like 14 to 21 from the field. They're all close to the rim. You can't really do anything. You're just going to have to foul him. He can play. Like, I'm I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Andrew. I'm sorry. I mean, he hasn't played. I can't do it. I'm never selling my Zion stock. I'll get fired for it. I'm never s- trading Zion. I'm never selling my Zion stock. I can't do it. I still think I mean, he is. You know, Darko's yeah. out there, too. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that people still believe in. Aren't Barnani's out there. You oh, know, like, that's like, me. Like, He's not a Bar. Oh, okay. Now I'm he's gone too far. I'm just saying there's guys out there that you can hold the stock to that, like, it's showing the stock's gone. Like, years ago, there was Pokemon, and it was it was real <laughs> funny. It was Pokemon versus Digimon. I don't know if you remember that. I still sold all my stock on Digimon. Guess what? I still have stock on Digimon. Half the oh, man. Do you still have the Blue Eyes White Dragon? Where is it? Do you have some? There you go. You know what? Exactly. I have it back home. I do have mm. one. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. You get it, Chase. But this, this, you're part of the course. This is what you do, and that's fine. But at the end yeah. of the day, you got a guy who's played 114 games across four seasons. I'm sorry. I'm, no. Like, be a season and a half across four years. Now, when we've seen him, he's great. But when we've seen him is a legitimate question because we never do. Like if when he reti- if he retires right now, his number his stat line for his career twenty five points per game, seven rebounds, three point six assists. That's pretty good. That's one of those things you are gonna do like a fancy like draft a historical thing that that's NBA geeks get into, and they're gonna draft and be like, look at what he did in the three seasons. And you look at the numbers and see he barely played, but oh, like yeah. that's just what it is. So I'm he's sorry. Grady size more, so he's basketball Grady size more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He played 24 games in 2019-2020. That's a nice one. 61 games two years ago was his career high. Didn't play at all last season. And then played 29 games this year. I'm sorry. Like, yes, the numbers are great. You won't get the best 25-plus games you're going to get from a player. That's great production. Unfortunately, season's 82. So, I just, I don't know. I like this Corbin guy. (laughs) This is why we bring shows together. This is why we do it. Um... Now that the Suns have dra- have signed virtually every role player who wants to play on the veterans minimum uh, to this point, I'm now very curious if this goes through with their latest. Like, who is the who do you think is the most likely to be the most important and around the big four, Andrew? When you look at it and everyone they've signed, who do you actually think ends up being the most important fifth guy? Who who is it for you? For the Suns, yeah, for everyone they've signed, whether people are talking themselves into. Yuta Watanabe and everybody else and like uh Josh Okogi. And I'm like And I'm just like, who is it? Like I actually don't know. Who is gonna be the fifth guy in this in this, this group? Is it Bull Bull now? This this is why I feel like NBA bloggers, NBA Twitter, NBA junkies, this isn't a shot at you guys. But I feel like it's like they like the idea of random role player fitting in an offense where it's like, but nobody's been able to actually like, we, we, we don't even know what the concept of what Phoenix wants to do yet. We are like, conv- people are convincing themselves that all of these role players are gonna play and make an impact and i don't get it yeah i just i i don't get it it's like a lot of big drew eubanks fans it's 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 like when people were like when um nfts and bitcoin were a thing and people are using all these buzzwords and it's like you didn't even know what that word was two months ago shut up like they're like people are just trying to convince themselves looking at this Phoenix roster and it's like you're gonna have Booker, Durant, Beal, Aiden. Aiden, which Yep. <laughs> I mean, I actually think Aiden got the best coach possible for him. Like getting Frank Vogel is the best thing that ever happened to DeAndre Aiden. 
Like very Frank Vogel <laughs> loves playing big new, because it's a new guy. It's it's no, it's I just think it's the style. Like Frank Vogel has done this everywhere. He loved Roy Hibbert. He developed him. He loved in Miami or in Orlando. He loved playing bigs, and then obviously in LA, he won a title just going super big. Like I that dude is gonna. I think I he is it. going to be the best for, for if DeAndre doesn't figure it out with Vogel, he's not going to figure it out with anybody. Well, well the, the, I don't think the problem is Vogel. I think Vogel feels like the new teacher in the class who everybody doesn't like the booger eating moron, you know, who's in the corner of the classroom. That's DeAndre Ayton right now. Oh, wow. So it's just kind of like, well, maybe the new teacher will help, but it's like, if he's still going to be, you know, picking his boogers in a midseason game, we all got to sit there and go, dude, that's what he does. How, how come you didn't get the rebound? And, and everybody else in the locker room and everybody else on the everybody else is like, yeah. The thing about DeAndre Ayton is, is just like he would be the most. I'm just really glad because there was a point in time where the Hawks Twitter really wanted Ayton. And I forgot what the trade was. I think it was John Collins for Ayton was like one of those things that was thrown out there. And I was like, y'all, I don't think. I think it was John Collins and Capella at one point because like Chris Paul and Capella had great chemistry in Houston. I remember that whole context. And I was like, you don't want DeAndre Ayton in your life. Uh, just DeAndre Ayton has the look, has the skills to be a really, really good player in this league. But like, there is nothing more annoying than a modern big who doesn't get fouled, who doesn't shoot threes, doesn't do the rim running stuff. Like, I either want you to be Clint Capella or Joel Embiid. I don't want you or Brooke Lopez. That's it. Those are your three choices. Like, those are your three choices of got bigs I want at the five. Like, that's it. No one wants to go down with the big who doesn't want to get fouled, who loves the elbow jumper, that just doesn't really want to be Clint Capella, also doesn't really want to bang like Joel Embiid, and also doesn't want to shoot threes like Brooke Lopez. So I'm like, what do you do here? Like, like what, what is, is what is DeAndre Ayton's elite skill? What are you bringing to the so, geometry of this court that makes it... So, okay. I don't know what it is. I would drive so, myself crazy watching DeAndre Ayton every day. Real quick, real quick. Corbin, I'll let you get your... No, please. No, go. Please, yeah. Something popped in my head. Here's what Frank Vogel needs to do. First day of training camp. He needs to get everybody together. Mm. He needs to give DeAndre Ayton a box. And inside that box, it can be two. It can be many. Plums. That's what he needs. Play with a set of plums, son. Oh, wow. That's all I'm saying. If you want to be on this roster, if you want to be a force that is going to get this team with all this potential to, you know, a deep run in the playoffs, here's some plums, son. Play with them. Play with them for 82 games. I'm just like, you have to be Capella if you want to play. Like, I'm just showing you Clint Capella tapes over and over and over again. That is what you got to be. Devin Booker, high pick and roll. Kevin Durant, high pick and roll. You are rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And you're just dunking on people, grabbing offensive rebounds, and getting fouled. That's it. And then playing great defense. You get paid. That's a good gig in the NBA. Like, I would not pay DeAndre Ayton with his current skill set. What he does in the court does not interest me. Miles Turner. Miles Turner I would take any day over DeAndre Ayton. I know what Miles Turner does. He's a good defender. He shoots threes. Uh, I like Miles Turner. Miles Turner in Boston. I'm, I, I, I'm just saying yeah. free Aiden. Like Aiden hasn't had the opportunity. He had one year where he it was okay, where it was like the Booker Aiden team, right? Very next year, you know, you get Ricky Rubio, you got Kelly Oubre, Valley Boys, right? Fun year. Aiden was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't super great, but he was a part of that, right? Then Chris Paul comes in, boom. Monty Williams, he got that for a couple of years. Like, Aiden's been relegated to the third, fourth, really ancillary fifth part of this team for a while. So it's like he isn't giving me opportunities to show, hey, this and that, like like the offensive monster that he was in Arizona. It's basically, okay, play defense and rebound. He Monty Williams, and, like they discouraged him from shooting the jumper, so he didn't shoot threes, didn't shoot the mid-range, right? Like he shot the mid-range occasionally. Now, his numbers weren't super great, but it's like the Suns, I didn't think that he was empowered to perform as one of those main guys. He's always been 
you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and and Aiden, right? Or Devin Booker, CP3, and then Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson. Oh, and Aiden's here too. And then Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul. Aiden, Aiden's still in the picture. And now it's Booker, Durant, Beal, and Aiden. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it's been done. So, I just, like, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, I'm with Andrew too. Like, like you want to empower him, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not following him before. Like, yeah, some of the attitude issues, like, I get it. His efforts wane for sure. He's been dominated by like Jokic and others, but it's like, Hey, you, you, you looked at us like the fourth piece all the time. Like mm. you were afterthought. And then it's like, all right, man, step up. We need you now. Um, Whatever, man. Like I, I would be too. Like I, yeah, sure. You need me. I'm gonna go get my butt kicked too with the rest of y'all. Like, I'm just saying. Like it's whatever. All for one, one for all. Until until you know we play in Denver or Philadelphia. Uh, hey, we need you to step up, man. Be the man we know you can be. Well, what is that? What is that exactly? What do the Suns actually believe Aiden can be? Because they don't want to let him go. They haven't traded him yet. It's been talked about for a minute, right? Could have left for restricted free agency. Could have done that. Didn't do that. And yet they haven't actually stepped up his role. Uh, so what do they want? Uh, that's what I'm asking. And I'm not so, even an Aiden fan. I'm just curious, y'all. So, so, so are the Phoenix Suns basically run like a like a retail store? We don't want to get rid of this employee, but mm-hmm. where they, where they want to fire you. More yeah. Well, they're the <laughs> ultimate team that needs the one for two, right? Like. If they were to flip, like, the, the ship is sailed for Indiana, but, like, if you had flipped, turned Aiton into Turner and Buddy Heald, and then their closing five is Beal, um, Booker, Heald, Durant, and Turner, I mean, that's the best team in the NBA. Like, they're just, they're in that Clipper zone for me, where I think they're going to be really fun. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I just don't think they're going to figure out that fifth spot. Like, I think they're going to just cycle through. I cannot wait to see the different games on League Pass where I'm like, who are they trying this week uh, as the closing five? Is Terrence Ross? Eric Gordon? Who are they trying to figure out as the that final piece? They're uh, going to be fighting for a plan or they're going to be in that five to seven range. And we're all looking around like, Has anybody actually watched them this year? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And then they end up losing, like, five games, and we're all just like, oh. And they're a sneaky team where, like, they don't enjoy moving the – like, I could easily see a situation where Bradley Beal and Devin Booker don't enjoy the your turn, my turn stuff. Because Kevin Durant's going to get a – like, no one's going to say anything about KD doing stuff. But, like, Bradley Beal, like, he is going to get so many less shots up. He's going to be the backseat. This is Devin Booker's team – I don't think it's a slam dunk that he's like cool going six for nine every night. Like I don't, I, I, I don't know. Like he is paid quite well. And then DeAndre Aiden, I don't know where the touches come for him. Like I don't know how he's going to be happy with the looks he's going to get on this. You're going to have guys when <laughs> egos are going to clash, and when yeah. DeAndre Aiden walks in the room, boom. Yeah, he's like, I'm tired of going two for three. Like I'm tired of, uh, I'm tired of like literally no touches. Like I'm, I'm tired of just. DeAndre Ayton's gonna have some type of like motivational speech, you know, during the season. Everybody's just gonna look at him, and everybody's just gonna roll their. Yeah, eyes. whatever. <laughs> exactly right. Like, Let's get together, guys. Come on. Just all the blank faces, right? Remember, oh, I, I, but Andrew Chase, do I remember when uh, that game with the Lakers? Sorry, Lakers reference, but. Lakers had a big game, blown up the building. LeBron AD looking dejected, and Russell Westbrook was giving like trying to yes. and pat him on the head, mm. and they were like, "Whatever, bro." Like that's what it's gonna be like, and yeah. like it's gonna be the perfect mix of the tone deafness of the person trying to encourage them, along with just the utter lack of trying to capitulate or make it seem like, "Oh yeah, we all in this together." Like whatever, bro. Yeah, it, that I, I agree with you. It's gonna be one of those yeah. moments. While Bradley Beal, but expect two of those guys are gonna be in street clothes. Like, that's what we yes. forget. That's the element there, you know? That's true. And if they're not healthy, those are going to be some ugly, ugly lineups they're going to have to trot out on, on so the December, Frank, a cold Frank December Vogel night. Is it December night. flashbacks uh-huh. to Frank Vogel's first year with Braun? Oh. Where, oh. where he's looking at the <laughs> roster and he's like, uh, shit, yeah, mm, no, this isn't great. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, it's like the Joe Bluth, hello darkness, my old friend. Uh, that is uh, that. Look, I've made a terrible mistake. Um, Corbin, what can the good folks check out from you across the internet this week? You know, what? I just want to say thanks again. It's been nice being on here. You can find me on Twitter if you're so inclined at Corbin NBA. I'm going to step up some NBA coverage here, but excited to do that. Hopefully, get y'all find people on. Love talking basketball with people and. You know, it's fun. So looking forward to doing a lot of that while we get into the dog days of the off season. A lot of historical stuff to dig into. I plan on doing a little bit of that. Some draft recaps, some fun stuff like that. It's gonna be great. I'm very excited. There you go. Yeah, Celtics. Hit Andrew up. He'll do it. NBA Celtics. Do it. Like yeah, do a Celtics don't, Lakers. Just yeah. Don't cover twenty ten. We're good. Yeah. Just don't cover twenty. Okay. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Not that either. Yeah. Not that either. Okay. I got you. <laughs> Understood, sir. <laughs> I like it. Um, Andrew, what about you? AL.com this week. Um, Auburn, Alabama is, coming back soon. The, it is, uh, we're still in the dog days of summer, so um, we're just getting stuff together for SEC media days. So, um, you need to get ready for uh, Alabama to make their move. They got a lot of commits they got to make in the next month. Like, there's, yeah. it's going to be commitment. They, they said three on Sunday. Three, Did they have three today? Yeah, yeah. the the waves coming because they're like twenty something in recruiting yeah, right now. Yeah, like, the waves oh, coming. Twenty six and recruiting. I'm just like, guys, you you know how this works, right? The wave is coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not worried. Um, just ready for SEC media days to start. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> just you like, ready? The, the the wave is coming, and I'm just like, all right. You got this. Else. You'll be all right. You got this. Yeah, yeah. We got our people hired. I'm good to go. I'm happy. Um, There's McDonald's and Duncan in Nashville. You'll get your coffee. Of course. Yeah, you'll be all right. You'll be caffeinated. Oh, yeah, you'll be good. no. Um, no, uh, I will definitely be hitting up the coffee at the uh, at the Grand Hyatt when we are uh, when we are in control. There you go. I like it. Andrew, Corbin, thank you as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Sounds fun. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.